Hey there, I'm Heather Mulder, a former AmLaw 100 partner who, just five years into my legal career, found myself questioning, why work so hard to barely be squeezing life in? So that I wouldn't become yet another attorney burnout statistic, I decided to redefine success on my terms from the inside out, which is what enabled me to build a profitable legal practice while navigating my way through the challenges of two kids and two bed rests, the 2008 financial crisis, and a battle with breast cancer. What I learned is that you can build a successful legal career without sacrificing your health or personal happiness. And I'm on a mission to help you do exactly that. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both law and life. This is the Life in Law Podcast. Well, hello there. Welcome to the Life in Law Podcast. This is your host, Heather Mulder. And today we are going to get into what you need to be doing and thinking about if you want to be promoted to partner. So a while back, I think kind of early on in season two, we talked about how to be a highly valued associate. Let me just be clear that all of that still applies. (laughs) Obviously, you want to be a highly valued associate if you want to make partner. So today, we're not going to get into those type of things. I want you to go back and listen to that if becoming a partner is important to you. And I don't really care what level you're at. You could be early on in your career. You could be a senior associate wanting to make partner soon. You might even be of counsel wanting to make partner. And I think that going back and listening to that would be very helpful. I also know that today will be very helpful for you too. Something to note is some of the things that I'm going to tell you today are going to be applicable no matter whether you're in private practice or not in respect of any promotion. So even if you're not in private practice and you're not looking to become partner, I I really encourage you to listen to today's episode and take what you can from it because a couple of the things I'm going to talk about, one thing in particular comes to mind, might be a little surprising to you. And I say that because it comes up a lot when I'm talking to senior associates and of counsel attorneys who are trying to make partner. And um, I will highlight it when we get to it. So let's just dive right in and talk about, you know, what does it take to be made partner? In big law or any other law firm, I don't think it totally matters, to be quite honest with you. And what does it take to even just be promoted, right, if you're wanting a big promotion within your career? And how early do you need to pay attention to these things and be doing these things and thinking about these things? I think that might surprise you as well. So let's get right to it. So one thing to note that I want you to be really clear on, in order to be a partner in a law firm or an executive right, in a company. That is about taking full ownership and responsibility of your career and your practice. Full ownership and responsibility. And this is something that I think not enough people get clear on. And I think, you know, we say it, but what does that mean? We don't really encompass it. You want to make sure that you are not in a place where you are thinking, well, I'm not giving the opportunity. They're not allowing me to, you know, as if the world is working against you. Others are working against you. No. It is time for you to take full ownership and responsibility of your career and your practice where you are right now. Now, if you feel like that is not possible, then perhaps you don't want to be a partner in this firm, okay? 
let's just stipulate that some don't have the right culture for you. Every firm is very different. Every company is different. There are cultures based on the people there, based on the type of law that they practice or the business that they have. There's there's a whole culture around that. And I feel strongly that you can find the right place for you. You just got to make sure you're in the right place. And frankly, that is taking ownership and responsibility of your practice and career. So it's not up to other people. It is up to you, okay? The other thing that I would say is it is very unlikely that you are going to be promoted just by being a star associate. You have to start showing that you can be a partner before they ever promote you. Which means as a senior associate, you need to be running your own deals. You need to be arguing your own cases. Now, this does not mean they need to be the biggest deals and cases in the world or for the biggest firm clients. In fact, that's probably not going to happen. But perhaps it's for something small, right? You need to show that you have the capability to be a partner before they will make you a partner. And I think if you take on this mindset of taking full ownership and responsibility of your practice and career, you are more likely to allow yourself to go there, to step up, to to be that person you need to be, and people will start seeing you in that light. If they do not see you in that light, they will never consider you. Does not matter how many good marks you're getting on your reviews. Does not matter how many check-the-box things you've done. Does not matter if you're seen as a star associate. There is a difference. Now, Yes, there are some people that somehow fall through the cracks and get promoted without this, but let me just say it's few and far between and you don't want to be that person because when you step up into that new position, there are more responsibilities, uh, more obligations, more, more things that are required of you and expected of you, and that's hard enough without already having taken on this mentality. To try to take that mentality on once you've been promoted is really, really tough. So start figuring out how to do it now. And by the way, this applies to you even if you're a second, third, fourth year attorney many years away from being promoted into partnership. Taking full ownership and responsibility is the number one key to really progressing as quickly as you want and as well as you want. Because it basically means you take it upon yourself to make sure you go make the, you know, you get the mentors you need. You ask the questions you need to be asking. You raise your hand for new things. You challenge yourself. You do the things you need to do to develop yourself as full as you possibly can. All right, so now that I've gotten a little bit of a soapbox moment out of the way, let's get into the four steps that I want you to take if you're interested in being promoted to partner. And let me just say this before we move into these four steps. You may not be 100% sure, and that's totally okay. If you think you might be interested, then you want to start doing some of these things because what I'm going to tell you is going to help you gather the information you need and make a more informed decision as to whether or not you actually want this. So the first step is to understand what the partnership track actually looks like within your firm. Maybe you don't want to stay there, but it is where you are. (laughs) So you need to start there. And something to note is different firms have different partnership tracks. 
Uh, Sometimes they promote you into a non-equity partnership position first. You don't even have a chance at equity partnership. And then after some time period there, they then promote you into an equity position. Sometimes you go into equity immediately, but it's at a different level. Maybe the buy-in is smaller and you get smaller rates. You just need to understand what's the path. Like, what is that first step? Do they make everybody non-equity? Do you have a chance to make equity? What are the differences? What are the requirements? Which leads us into the next step. But you want to get a really good understanding of the structure so that you understand what it is you actually want and have an opportunity for because that determines the steps that are involved and the requirements for each. And it's really important to understand this at the outset so that you kind of have a good idea of that path that you may or may not want to follow. Doesn't mean you have to determine right now, oh yeah, I want the full-on equity even though it's non-equity at first and it's a 10-year progression after I make non-equity before you make full equity and blah, 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 right? It might change, but it is a good thing to know and understand so that your eyes are fully wide open. Okay, step number one is know the structure of partnership within your firm and what the typical steps are. And when I say structure, understand what the general timeline is. Is there a requirement that says you have to be one for a certain time period before you can be considered for the next? Or is it more of a, well, you have to meet certain requirements to get to the next step? So get a very good understanding of that structure. That leads you into step number two. This is no, the written requirements, basically. So somewhere in your firm, it is written down what is expected of you as an associate or of counsel that is um, needs to be met. What are the requirements you must meet to be able to be promoted to partner, okay? So it will have things like, how many years do you have to have practiced? Um, how many years within your firm? A lot of firms, if they bring you in as a senior associate, require that you be there for a couple of years before they promote you to partnership. What billable requirements? Are there any origination requirements? Do you have to have your own originations before they will consider promoting you? Here's something to note. Often there are different requirements for those who are associates being promoted than um, there are when it comes to of counsel. Oftentimes of counsel Attorneys have to meet higher standards to be promoted. I don't honestly understand why that is, but it is what it is. So understand based on who you are and the level that you're at, what your specific billable and origination requirements will be. So for example, I had two clients last year who were promoted to partner and they were at the same firm. One was an associate who had some originations to her name, but not a lot. There were very few that were truly her originations. And but she was an associate and she didn't really need them to be promoted. Another the other client had a much higher threshold that had to be met because they had come in from another firm as an of counsel because they didn't quite meet the standards that the firm had for bringing in lateral partners when it came to their book of business because Let's be honest, this person was incredibly honest about what they had. A lot of people are not. 
Uh, I believe fully that she probably would have been promoted immediately or given a partnership position immediately had she fudged them a little bit, but she's very honest. And so she had to meet a higher origination requirement than the person who had been there from day one and was an associate. So there are differences. So understand what the number, the hard, cold number requirements that will be required of you. It will be in writing somewhere, okay? And then there's usually in your practice area, you probably, when you have your annual review, have certain boxes you're supposed to check, right, at certain levels. You are expected to have met all of those too. So consider those written requirements as well. So go back and look and say, okay, is there an area where I am lacking because I haven't been given the chance or this hasn't come up? Or I don't work for the right partners who do this type of work. And start determining, okay, how do I get that? Do I need to go seek out other partners to work for? Do I need to look at pro bono work? You know, how am I going to get that? Because sometimes you've got to have all or at least a certain amount of those things to even be considered. Okay? So those are the written rules, the things that are in writing that are very clear that have to be met. Step number three is to go above and beyond the written rules. What are the unwritten rules is the question here. And this is the one I warned you about earlier that I find surprises a lot, especially a lot of associates who are getting to be more senior and wanting to be promoted to partner within the next couple of years. I had actually uh, one client tell me probably about two years ago now, I can't believe that they expect X, Y, and Z because it's not written anywhere. And, uh, you know, they they won't make anybody partner, though, unless they have this. And I think what he was complaining about at the time was two things. Number one, the billables that were required in the firm were 1,800 hours. But nobody ever, ever, ever got approved unless they had at least 2,000. And, in fact, most had 2,100 or above. That's an unwritten rule. Okay, and that's one area where a lot of people get get caught up. Um, it is not enough to just bill the minimum and expect to be able to be promoted to partner. I hate to break it to you. So you need to know, okay, I know this is what's in writing. What do I really need? What do I really need? And you need to go find out and ask questions of the right people. So you can find out from people who have been promoted within the last couple of years. You know, what did you have that you feel comfortable enough talking with and that are more likely to be honest with you? But hopefully you have a mentor. You have somebody within your section or within your office that can you can go to for these types of questions. And you need to be able to ask those questions of somebody who will be truly honest with you. Because... That's one of those things that some people really get caught up on. And this particular client did. He wasn't promoted. Other people were being promoted above him, even though he got better reviews because they had better hours. And the second thing was originations. They did not require originations of attorneys um, or of, of associate attorneys that were being promoted. At least it wasn't anywhere in writing. And yet they gave a lot of credit to those who did. And the people that were getting promoted easily had some originations. Now, not necessarily a lot, but let's say 50,000 or 100,000, and maybe that's a lot to you, um, whereas this person had very little, had none. 
or almost none, and couldn't believe that they were being held back just because of that. And so these are the types of things that can really trip people up that you want to make sure you're really clear on really, really early. Because if you know, then you can ensure that you're meeting those requirements and you can you know, you can go out and, and yes, I know it's hard for an associate attorney to go out and get their own book of business. I'm not, you know, saying that, but there are ways around it. You can work with a coach to help you get some. Um, I actually got some. I made partner because it, it was actually an e- easier trajectory for me because I had some of my own originations when I was put up. So it's possible, and I do help some of my clients do this before they make partner. It is definitely possible, but you've got to go about it the right way, and it doesn't happen overnight, okay? This is not something that, let's say, you want to be promoted at the end of this year. Well, it's too late to go out and really get enough originations to be able to make it. So you need to be making your plans ahead of time. And this is why I say, even if you're a young or mid-level associate and you're thinking, oh, I'm, I'm a ways off, if you think this could be something you want – you want to start figuring out what these unwritten rules are very, very early because it's a whole lot easier to meet the unwritten rules when you know them early on and plan for them. And again, to determine what the unwritten rules are, you want to go to the people who've recently made partner within the last, say, three years, ask questions of them. You also want to go to your mentors And even the HR folks who would know this, right, so that you could figure out, okay, this may not be written, but what is generally expected of those who are promoted? What criteria do they need to meet? What do I need to do? Where are my gaps? What holes do I need to fill? The other thing I would say to this is ask in your reviews. It's not appropriate to ask in your first couple of years of practice, but as you become more mid-level, If you're thinking, yeah, I I think I might want to be promoted, it is never a bad thing to say, hey, look, in your review, I know I'm years off. I know that, you know, what the trajectory is here. Let's say you're a fifth year and nobody in your firm is ever approved before their ninth or tenth year. Well, but you've been there long enough that you can say, look, I know that most people aren't promoted until their ninth or tenth year. And so I got a little ways to go. But as a fifth year, I'm moving into a more senior role as an associate, and I just want you to know that I am interested in making partner one day. So what are some of the gaps that you see that I might be able to fill this next year? What what are the things that you want to start seeing from me as far as my billables and, you know, a non-billable work that you would like me to do? And, you know, all of the stuff that goes into what they look at for making partner. Start asking questions about what do you look for? What do you want to see from me that would be applicable within the next year to two years? It is not too early at that point to start asking those questions. And that is a good time to get started. And then just continue to do it every single year so that there are no surprises. What you don't want is to get shocked that you're at year nine and you're expected to be put up this year or next. And all of a sudden you find out, well, you have this big gap and I don't know if you're going to be able to fill it in time. So you're you're on a longer trajectory, right? Or we don't see you as partnership material because uh, because every year you ha- you barely meet the minimum requirements. And so we've already written you off, right? So this is why it's so important to start speaking to it as early as you can when it makes sense and it's reasonable. And then to know, to to ask people, to find out what these unwritten rules really, really are. Because it can really hurt you not to know 
it's very hard to meet if you don't know what they are, right? Okay, so hopefully I've beaten that horse enough. Let's get to step number four. Your last step is to ensure that you have the right support. You have people that can back you up. Now, this one also sometimes surprises people. Am I talking about mentors? Kind of, but not exactly. So you do want good mentors, people that can take you under their wing, people that will help teach you, give you knowledge, answer your questions, help you develop as an attorney. That is definitely necessary in your path to partnership but it is not enough. What they do for you is help develop you, help make you better attorneys, which you obviously do need if you want to be promoted. But there is more than just that, right, that you need. And that is to have an advocate, somebody who will back you up and know that there is a difference between a mentor and an advocate. Now, somebody can be both. One of your, a mentor might also be an advocate for you. But what I'm talking about when I talk about an advocate is somebody who will speak up on your behalf, who will promote you, who will say great things about you, and who will be there for you. An important thing, it's not enough for this person to just be willing to speak up and have your back. They got to actually have some political capital within the firm. They have to be listened to. They have to be in a position of power. And I know that a lot of people out there get really weird about, oh, I don't want to be an ass kisser. I don't want to be somebody who's just always seen by the others as, you're going to have to get over that. You need an advocate. And the smartest people have both mentors and advocates in their corner. And they don't just have one. They have several mentors and at least one, maybe even two advocates within the firm. You want and need that if you truly want to be promoted. Not to say you can't be, but it makes that road a lot, lot tougher. And I would say this, I don't think you're seen negatively by others when you do it in a very authentic, natural way. So like if you're just seeking out an advocate to say, hey, look, you're in a position of power, you're within my group, you're somebody I'd really love to learn from and be a mentor, try to make them mentors if you can. Ask them to lunch occasionally, pick their brain. There is nothing wrong in all honesty. And I mean, seriously, nothing wrong with getting to know these people, asking questions of them, and making sure they understand what you bring to the table. And so do not feel bad about doing that for yourself. It's And if other people bring it up that, well, you know, you're always, you know, you take so-and-so to lunch once a month. There used to be a, a person who is now a partner, was an associate in my firm who did that. And a lot of the associates would look at him and go, ugh. He's such a, you know what, you know, he's just so fake. He's And I'm like, he wasn't fake. He actually built a real relationship with somebody who was in a position of power. And they got along well and they went to lunch once a month and talked. And that person was an advocate for him. And there's nothing wrong with that, okay? Because he was never lying. He was never uh, being false. He was. There's nothing wrong with getting to know these people and hoping that they'll backstop you when you want them to. It's important that you do play the political game a little bit, and that's a good way to do it without stepping on any toes, okay? So the key is just make it about the relationship, an authentic relationship, and um, don't talk about other people, and you will be fine. Okay, so that is it. Those are four simple steps that I very much, if you are interested in becoming or potentially becoming partner, 
that I want you to take. And something to take away from this, if you are in-house or maybe not even an attorney listening to this, a lot of these steps really remain, right? Number one, understand the path, understand, you know, the structure of the the promotion process and where you see yourself and how you see yourself progressing. Number two, understand what the written rules are. Those are the bare minimum requirements and make sure that you're meeting them regular, you know, every single year, always. Number three, know the unwritten rules and ensure you ask the right people so that you understand what they all are and why they're there and then make sure that you're meeting those. And then number four, make sure you have really good mentors and then, of course, advocates, people who care about you, who will help you to develop yourself as you go, and then also will advocate for you as you progress. Okay, that is it for this week. Bye for now. Are you tired of barely squeezing life in thinking, shouldn't there be more to life than this? Do you want to get to the next level, but without losing yourself in the process? Are you ready to start thinking and doing differently so that you can stop doing the same things over and over and over, hoping for a different result? If any of this speaks to you and you're ready to do something about it starting now, book a call with me to find out how I can help. Go to lifeandlawpodcast.com forward slash free call.